Um, a couple things, uh, we just uh, want to make you as uncomfortable as possible, so not only are we talking about finances today, but we made it 100 degrees in the room, so we hope you appreciate that. Um, I was actually driving here today, and I was like, you know what would be funny? If when I talk about finances, tons of new people show up, you know? That would be hysterical. And so welcome, like 30 new people. We're so happy that you're here. Um, I was in the lobby thinking, yep, that's exactly what's happening. So you probably are all the people who are like, you know what? You know what I hate about church is I hate when they talk about money, right? And you're like, let's try out this new City Light Church. We heard they're pretty cool, and then I'm going to talk about money. So, um, uh, so thanks for coming today, and um, that's it. You know, I hope you find a good church. Um, so yeah, we're, we're in the middle of a series, actually at the end of a series, um, uh, called Is It Better to Give? And we've been talking about that. And uh, so I am a procrastinator by nature. I don't know if anyone else in here, um, anybody, all of you who showed up 20 minutes late, procrastinators, I know most of this church, procrastinators by nature. Oh, you know what I, what I like about procrastination is the heart-pounding adrenaline rush of realizing you don't have enough time to get something done that's very important, right? Don't you love that? That's how I got through high school and college. It's honestly how I lived much of my 20s. Um, we used to, when I was really young, we used to have, I used to be part of a traveling church ministry, and we would do conferences for teenagers up and down the East Coast, hundreds and hundreds of teenagers. And um, I was one of the main speakers, and I was known for, as the drummer too, and I was known for the last two songs of the worship set, you would see me like this at my drum stool, and I wasn't being like worshipful. I was like, God, what am I going to talk about? Because that's literally when I prepared. I and, I, and I excused it like this. I said, you know, I really need to get in the room. I need to feel what the people are like. You know, I need that, that sense from God. Let's be honest. I was just a procrastinator. And God had a lot of grace on me. My notes used to look like, I, I do this weird thing. You're going to learn a lot about me today. I do this weird thing. When I want to write notes down, I can't write notes down on a whole piece of paper. I always fold it in half like this. And I write on it like this. I have no idea why. But this was it. This is what I would walk up in front of, sometimes like 800 students, with this. And, and I would not recommend that. Um, I, even in my work day, like I sit down and I tr- I've tried to, now that I'm more mature, think about what, that was a joke, um, think about <laughs> what things are really important to get done, okay, and write them down and do them what? Yes, do them first, because there's always stuff to do. I mean, have you ever been at work and you're like, it's lunchtime already? All I've done is answer emails. I don't know if anybody else is like that. Because like you answer an email and one email leads to another email and then you're like, oh crap, I forgot that. And you do this and that and that. And then you're like, oh, I was supposed to make a teaching. Like that's probably the, the most important thing that I need to do each week is, make, is work on this message and not just come up here and wing it, which I don't do anymore. Um, but learning to do the important things first is a life skill that has not come easily to me. Um, what has helped is the fact that I'm getting older and I can't stay up as late anymore. And that has forced me because I now have a reason, something that I value more than whatever I was doing with my time ahead of time is, is sleeping. And I hate working on my teachings at night, which is what I used to do. Saturday night was typically till one or two in the morning, you know, cram, like I used to cram for exams, I would cram for church, and, um, but I don't do that anymore. So this is what I want to talk about today. The same is true with your money. We need to give first to make our money last. And, um, you know, I've, I've realized that if I don't give first, I don't give much. 
So I want that to be another like sub point. I probably should have written it down, but I made my slides last night. So um, <laughs> true statement. So if I don't give first, I don't give much. Why? Because here's the thing. Money goes. Have you ever noticed that? You know what I hate? I hate having cash. Do you ever get cash, like, accident, accidentally? Like, I never have cash on purpose. But, like, you end up with $30, $40 in your pocket. It, it might as well just be given, like, thrown out on the street. Like, that's how cash works. It's like, it's like you know, well, I have cash in my pocket. I might as well buy this and might as well give some to this kid and that kid and that kid and that kid. And then it's gone. I much rather would have, like, to have the control of not seeing it. So money, money finds a way to go. And I've, I've learned that if I don't give first I don't give much. So we've talked about, Jordan talked two weeks ago, I would say about the what. What do we mean when we talk about generosity? And in brief, we mean it's not the sporadic, I'm, I've been inspired to give by this great speaker, I've been guilted to give by that church or whatever, um, that commercial with Sarah McLaughlin in it, anything like that. You know, it's more than that. We're talking about ongoing lifestyle of generosity where it's not sporadic and sparse. It's actually strategic and thoughtful. Okay. Week two, last week, that was the what I talked about the why. Why? Why do we think generosity is so important? And again, just to sum it up, we believe giving that Jesus thought this was a value because money more than anything else in life can get between us and God. We're going to read today that Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your desires of your heart are also. Money more than anything. In fact, Jesus doesn't compare anything else in the Bible with God except for money. That's the only thing he says, you cannot serve both God. He didn't say fame. He didn't say prestige. He didn't say work. He didn't say family. He said, you cannot serve both God and money. And so the reason that we give, one of the reasons that Generosity is such an incredibly powerful Christian ethic that Jesus taught and that the New Testament church practiced. It's because he knew in order to make money not dominate our lives, not own you, to not feel entitled to consuming all that you get, you need to give first. It puts money in its place in your life. It lets money be owned by you instead of owning you. And so we give first to make our money last, like last place, to put it last a friend of mine gave a teaching 20 years ago, probably, and I'll never forget. He said, it's like cutting off the head of the serpent. If, if money was like this snake, you give first to take its power away. But also, give first to make your money last. Look at this. I have a double meaning. I worked hard on these, all right? To make your money last. I really do believe that when you're intentional, when I'm intentional enough to give first, to be generous first, right? Give first save second and live on the rest, when I can do that, my money lasts longer. It's not magic. I think it's because it teaches us. Let's, I'm going to take it out of the spiritual for a second. Just real practically, most of us, when we don't have enough money, it's not a money problem. It's a self-control problem, right? So when, we're, when we give for a save second, live on the rest, we're teaching ourselves to have self-control. And that will make your money last longer. It makes you more intentional. But also spiritually, I do believe that when we're generous, I do believe that God blesses us. Now, I don't think it's dollar for dollar, and I don't even think it's dollars all the time. Like, I believe being generous blesses us in so many ways. Sorry, bless is such a Christian word. Um, does good in our life. It does good. Blessed are we. Sorry. Why do Christians say the ED part of blessed? I've never understood that. Although I myself did it for many years. Did I lose you? Yeah, okay, good. Um, so 
When we're generous, it allows God to do so much in our life. We trust him because we're saying, it's not my money that provides for me, it's you, God. We trust him. Also, we're going to talk about this today, but we, we do more. We're able to be part of things that are bigger than us. It adds value to our life. This is why Jesus said, it is better to give. So I kind of just gave my teaching again from last week, but sorry. Third week, I want to talk about the how. So we're going to talk about the how today. How do we do this? And I'm going to be super practical today, but I do want to start with uh, some words from Jesus. So this is written by Matthew. Matthew is one of Jesus's followers. Um, and uh, he, you know, we, I talk a lot about the four eyewitness testimonies. We call them the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're new to the church, if you are not a follower of Jesus and you're exploring things, I would encourage you to read these first. I think these are the, uh, the best place to start. Don't open the Bible up to the front and start there. My encouragement would be start in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read about the life of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus and you've struggled most of your life to read the Bible, I would also encourage you to start there. So this is Jesus talking to some teachers, some Jewish teachers, and he says, listen, don't store up treasures here on earth. All right, we talked about this last week. We talked about this last week. Where moths eat them, um, they must have had a real moth problem back then. I don't have a lot of moths in my bank, but um, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. What he's saying is what we talked about last week. Remember last week we read where Jesus talked about you did not come into this world with anything and you will not leave with anything. So ownership is an illusion, right? All of our stuff, all of our money that we think is ours is really an illusion because when you were born, you didn't have any. And when you die, you can't take it with you. But this is what you can take with you. You can take with you Things that you've invested eternally, like relationships, like love, like peace, like leading people closer to Jesus and closer to the kingdom of God. These are the things you can take with you. So he's saying, listen, store up your treasures in heaven. Invest your earthly money, your earthly goods in heavenly purposes. He'll say it a little bit differently. See, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So I'm going to talk about this a lot today. I'm going to be very transparent with my financial situation, but I give first to the church. Now, I don't give to the church just because I believe in the church. I give to the church because it, in my heart, I am actually giving to God. And I'm saying, you have given me finances. You have, give, you have blessed me with the ability to have a job. You have given me talents. And I don't think that any of that's from me. I work hard and I do my part, but I see all income as coming from God to my family as a resource. We talked about this some last week too. And that resource I am to be a steward, not an owner of. And so the way that I steward it is first, I give to the Lord. I give into God because I want the desires of my heart to be where God's desires are. And if I'm giving a large percentage of my money into what God is doing, it's putting my heart where God is in what God is doing in the world today. If I give my money towards my community, it's going to put my heart into my community. You know how you can tell when someone's not invested in something? When they don't put any money into it, right? I mean, it's, there, we have sayings for that, like get some skin in the game, right? Like we, we, there's something about when we give our money to something, it makes us care more. Am I, do you agree with that point? Good, I don't want to have to talk about it anymore. So where your treasure is, there your hearts are. That's, that's what that's about. All right, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough to f- food or drink or enough clothes to wear, because I want you to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, all the stuff we worry about, and he was in a, I took four or five verses out of a longer talk. You can go read it in Matthew chapter six. He's talking about the cares of this world and how we worry about 
money and worry about clothing and worry about, you know, the practical needs of life. He's saying, look, first, seek the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. Now, this is a challenge that I'm going to lay down for all of us today. And it is, it's a challenge to our faith. And I want to just say, if you will start giving first, you will grow in your faith. It is not easy. So we want to learn to give first to make our money last. And I want to give you three practical how-tos. The first one is literally give it first. So how do I give first, Christian? How do I seek first the kingdom of God with my money? Literally, as your paycheck comes in, the first thing you do is you're generous. Give first, save second, live on the rest. So, um, whoops, I wanted to show you this real quick. This took me way too long to do last night, actually. (laughs) It's like one of those things by midnight, I'm like, is it really worth it? So this is a... I have a spreadsheet, and I, I, um, I've had this for years. This is my budget. Don't try to read the blurred out stuff. Uh, you can kind of read some of it. Oh, man, that's embarrassing. Okay. Thank you. That'll be on Mike's social media. So I wanted to put this up here because I, I want you to know, like, there's, there's a verse uh, that Jesus says that has always weighed on me as a preacher, and it's, uh, Jesus talking to the, the teachers of his day saying, you create huge burdens and tie them on other people's necks, but you yourself are not willing to carry them. And that is not what I'm trying to do here today. So I want to just show you that this is how Manny and I have lived our lives since we got married. So since we were 20 years old, 21, the first thing I do is I give to the church. And we, and I'll talk a little bit about how much I give, but the first thing we do is we give a percentage to the church and then we, the, the next three together Uh, we give another percentage to people that we believe in that are doing good in the kingdom of God. So Laura is a friend of mine who um, planted an orphanage in Cambodia many, many years ago. She grew up in my youth group and then moved to Cambodia. Now her and her husband work in a missionary base in Cambodia, training missionaries and blessing the families there. And also um, there's just so many orphans there that they just are in the community and living in that community. It's incredible. Steve and Claire are friends of ours who we thought were going to help us plant this church, but then they up and moved to England. So um, and uh, surprisingly, I'm giving them money, even though I'm still kind of mad. But they, are, they moved and they live on a missionary base in England and they train, uh, they work with teenage missionaries. So this is what I'm going to get to, but things that you care about. So I care about teenagers and I care about people uh, hearing the hope and the, the love of Jesus Christ, the message of hope. So, uh, and then we invest, the children fund is kind of a generic term because I know what it is, but um, another friend of mine. So uh, we, uh, the church that I was sent out from started, uh, uh, helped fund the start of two schools in Pomoja, which is near Kenya, Africa. And they've done some microfinance stuff. They've basically taken um, this community, they've created job opportunities, they've created two schools, they've created literacy programs, and they work there teaching through a Bible that we paid to have translated into English. It's a pretty exciting thing that the church I was sent out from did. But there was another financial backer that backed out a year ago. And so there's 200 kids who they're tr- the, the people in Kenya are trying to keep in this program, but they don't have enough money. And so friends of mine started a new nonprofit recently called Waterbrook Hills. And um, it's on the back of your sheet if you want to look at it later, not while I'm talking, of course. But um, you, you can fund a kid. So I used to do one of the big ones, like Compassion International or whatever that is. And I, and I you know, we did one of those kids until they were o- over 18, so I didn't feel super guilty cutting her off. Um, she'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, but so we took a kid there and they, like, you know, I actually know the people and I know them like they're on the ground. So, so we give first and then 
So, right, give. What's the next thing? And I was doing this last night, and I was like, I'm a liar. I literally, I don't save next. Like, literally, I pay my mortgage next, you can see, and then, and then I buy food, because that's, I mean, it, it's a miracle that food isn't above church, let's be honest. But my savings down here, and I'm, I'm going to change it. I didn't have time to change it last night because it was getting late. But I'm going to change it just for, I mean, I do save it on the very first of the month. But I, I'm going to change it just for the feeling of it. Like there's something powerful. The first website I go to is I go to City Light Vineyard. I go to our, you know, our website, and I, and I literally pay that first because... That is what I, and I, and I, and I'm just, I'm super spiritual, right? I know. I pray and I'm like, God, thank you for blessing us. I, and I just, I want to give back into what you're doing. I don't think the percentage I give you even represents how much I owe you, right? And then I give these and then I move on and pay the bills and then I save. But this is literally how I live my life, right? So priority giving, could you give first? Now for some of you, this is radical and that's okay, Listen, I want to just challenge you to think about this. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is good financial sense. Okay? Now, the second thing we do is we give percentage-based. So how do we give first to make your money last? We give it for You guys are here for your first time. We do talk about other stuff, I promise. Like, this sounds so, like, detailed and financial, but we, like, love Jesus, and we talk about, like, hope and good things. So just come back. All right, um... Percentage-based giving. So generous people give a percentage. If you're like, and I'm so generous. When I was 20, I started giving $100 a month, and I've never stopped. But your income has gone up 50%. You're not generous anymore. I'm sorry. Generous people give a percentage because it is always growing when you are gaining. Right? Generous people give a percentage. So now... How do you pick the percentage? So if you're not a follower of Jesus, listen. I would say just pick a percentage that's sacrificial. If you pick a percentage that you don't feel, that it's not going to do the thing that we're talking about. It's not going to make money last in your life. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, pick a percentage that is sacrificial and start there. And I would say you can make your percentage progressive, right? Next time you get a raise, add a percent. Something like that, okay? What we've always done is every time I've gotten a raise, we've added one, uh, another extra, okay, on top. So for those of you who are Christians, now listen, I'm about to say something that like, if, if, if I haven't said anything that's going to make you not come back, this is it right here. This, this could destroy the church. So I'm just warning you. Um, and if you're not a Christian, you're not a follower of Jesus, you can tune out for, for a couple minutes. Please actually don't listen. So I, I'm of the conviction that we are taught as followers of Jesus to give 10%. Whew, right? I know it's a lot. In fact, somebody, uh, a, a good friend of mine emailed me, um, couple months ago and was like, hey, uh, what's your suggested donation? And I was like, how do I answer that? You know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, we have a suggested donation. Yeah, we're just like NPR, 10% of your income, right? (laughs) Like, it sounds so heavy handed and insane. Like, who gives? 10% is a lot. Can we agree on that? The super spiritual people are like, it's not, nope, Jesus gives us 100, we only give him 10, right? I saw it, I saw a little bit of pride in a few of you, sorry. Jesus is, uh, he's, gonna, he's gonna judge you right now. Um, it, it, it's a lot, it's a lot. And so if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're like, look, you know, that seems heavy handed to me, that seems like a lot. Um, 
I, I, t- I, I give 10% of my time or, or whatever. Like, I'm just going to be straightforward with you of where I read the, the scripture. And I, I've studied this ad nauseum in my life because I really am careful not to put on other people. Um, I really believe this is about money. It's not about time. And I do believe it's 10%. It's something that's been practiced for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, actually, from before um, Moses' time. All right. And, and what I'm going to do is June 3rd, when I give the baptism thing, I'm going to do a half-hour class on baptism. I'm going to do a half-hour class on tithing. If you're a Christian and you're like, I just disagree, Christian. You, we, the 10, 10% thing is a law. It's legalistic. It's mean. You're a jerk. I hate you. You come to this class, and I will just give you a biblical reason for why, okay? You still don't have to agree with me. Listen, I don't care if you agree with me. You need to do what God has put in your heart, right? Follower of Jesus, not a follower of Jesus. Pick a percentage that you feel God is leading you to, and give it faithfully and give it first. I might think it's 10%. So we give 10% here and then we give 1% there for the three of them, 1% combined. And, and I'd like that to progress. And we've always done it. And you know what? Once you, get, once you learn to give, save, and live on the rest, you don't feel it. You want to know when I feel it? Is when I get my end of your statement. And I'm like, man, we could have used that money. That's my human reaction. My first reaction isn't praise God. You know? And it's not like, man, we invested in so much good stuff. It's like, selfish greed, which is why I give it first, because if I didn't give it first, I wouldn't give much, right? So I want to read you a Bible verse. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I feel like possibly, I'm going to say something sort of negative about other churches, please forgive me, but I think possibly some churches don't know this is in the Bible. Have you ever been guilted? It's actually against God's word for someone in a church to lay it heavy on you. You should not give under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So can I just come out and say a couple of things? Number one, um, I get paid by the church. Did you know that? <laughs> I'm the pastor. I get paid by the church. So I'm up here telling you to give to the church, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. Um, but just side note, that's a conflict of interest, and I'm well aware. Um, and that's it. Okay, so moving on. Uh, I would say a few things. First, um, not all the money goes to my salary because that would be awesome, but uh, that's not what happens. Um, And secondly, not only do I get paid, but I also am actually the pastor. And so part of what I feel this position means is that I am responsible before God to at least on some level care for the people that come in this building, right? And so I don't, we don't run the model of like, I'm, I'm awesome and I have to do everything. Like actually, my, I hope I don't care for all of you. I hope you're all cared for each other, caring for each other in small groups. That's the model I want. But I certainly do most of the teaching. And my responsibility is to teach what I believe would lead to spiritual health. And I would be a bad pastor if I never talked about this. Because Jesus talks about money. If you read through, he talks about money more than any other topic. Isn't that crazy? So I, I'm only doing this because, oh man, I wasn't even going to do that, but that's, I'm only doing this because I love you. Uh, it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Um, but I hope you hear my heart. I'm trying to be as transparent as, as possible. I get it that you could be like, man, this is, uh, this is weird. Like I know some of the money he's telling us to give is going to go to him. I, I do. I do know that and I get that. We'll talk about that more in a little bit, but this is my heart. None of you should give if you don't feel God's calling you to give. I, I don't rely on you for my salary, and I don't rely on you to pay the rent. I rely on God. It's up to God. So it's between you and God, and it's between me and God. And, and, and 
I really, like if you come here and God is moving in your life and you're making friends and community and you're just like, I don't feel like I, I, don't feel like I should be giving. No, you're not a second class citizen. You're not gonna be under some sort of huge condemnation or judgment. I'm not gonna look down on you. Seriously, I mean that with all of my heart. I only want you to give if you are excited about giving. If you are invested and you get it and you're like, yes, I get to give. See, this is what I'm trying to teach is it's not something I want from you. It's something I want for you. I want you to learn the benefit, the blessing of being a generous person. It's good for you. And as a pastor, I want that for you. But I'm not up here trying to get stuff from you. Okay, can we move past that? All right, good. I need I almost made a really bad joke. I was going to say I need a drink, but you know. It's one of those parts in the podcast. I'm going to be like, shut up. I hate when you say things like that. Okay. Priority, percentage-based, purposeful giving. So this is where we're heading. Purposeful giving. What do I mean by that? I mean, give it with a purpose. Give it to something on purpose. All right? Don't just set it aside. Like, okay, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're like, okay, Christian, all right, I'm going to pick a percentage and I'm going to give. Where should I give it? So, so we kind of talked about when, how much, and where. Where should I give it? If you're not a follower of Jesus, this, this would be my advice. Give it to what makes you grateful and give it to what breaks your heart. Give it to what makes you grateful and give it to what breaks your heart. What are you so grateful for? How amazing City Light is in your life. I mean, it's just hard to overestimate. No, I'm kidding. Sort of. Not really. Um, what makes you grateful in your life? Is there, is there other people in your life that you're grateful for? What breaks your heart? Is there a cause that breaks your heart that you are just like, yes, this would, you know, because here's the thing. We sit around in our lives and, and we wish we could do more a lot of the time with our lives, don't we? But then we've got jobs and we've got kids and we've got commitments and it's like, I can't do everything I wish I could do, but that's the value, one of the values of generosity. One of the reasons Jesus says it's better to give is because you can give and your money can do what you cannot do and it adds value to you. It adds value to your life. I have never been to Cambodia. And I don't want to go, just to be honest. But I love the kids there, and I am making a difference in their lives. What I am doing is making a difference in their lives. Okay, so what makes you grateful? Now, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, so I think that you should be giving to the church. I do. I believe in the local church. I think that the local church is God's tool to reach the world. You know, parachurch organizations are great, and I worked for one for a long time. I think that they serve a purpose, but they are not the hope of the world. And a good parachurch organization will tell you that. The local church is the hope of the world. Now, you know that what we do is we partner with nonprofits because we believe that while we are called by God to be the hope and the light in our community, we can't do it all and we shouldn't do it all and we're not the best at it all. So instead of us trying to reinvent the wheel, we believe in partnering with nonprofits, whether faith-based or not, all we care about is are they doing good? And we will partner with them financially and with our volunteer hours. That's why every month, and we know it can get old, we do a drive every month. Have you ever noticed that? We're either raising food or stuff for an organization in need. Every other month, it's Paris Foundation. On the off months, it'll be uh, New Expectations, or it'll be Charismark, or it'll be Good Neighbors. We, we raise funds. We raise, remember, we, we collected all those goods for that uh, nursing home that burned down. It's a, we have been given much. We have been. We are rich in this room. We are. And no one feels that they're rich. Did you know that? 
Yeah, I can't tell you about that because I'm out of time. But anyway, uh, investing in the kingdom of God through the local church. I, I would tell you that what I think followers of Jesus, what I think the Bible teaches is that you give 10% into your local church. And the local church is supposed to take that money and they're supposed to do a few things. They're supposed to take care of the pastors. They're supposed to take care of the people in their church and they're supposed to take care of the community they live in. That's the mandate of the local church with the finances they're beginning. And I could show you verse upon verse upon verse about that. And then when we do the talk, the, the talk on June 3rd, I'd be happy to give you more detail. But this is, this is what's exciting. So can I encourage you to pray about, to think about, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, this will work for you. To give first and make your money last. Give, a, give it first before anything else. Pick a percentage and faithfully give it to an organization that you believe in. Now on the back of your thing that we handed out when you came in the door, I've given you details on how to give to City Light, but I've also given you all the nonprofits that we partner with that we feel are financially good with their money. Now, I, I'm gonna go a little bit longer. So you guys can come up. I've got, I need to go till like five more minutes. I wanna say two more things about giving to the church. Number one, you may have been burned by giving to a church. I understand why some of you might be sitting there thinking, heck no, I'm not giving to a church. You know, churches sometimes are corrupt, right? Churches do some really stupid things and you're thinking they're supposed to represent God and yet they mishandle money. Uh, they, they do extravagant things for their pastors. They uh, pastors embezzle. I mean, you, you hear about it, don't you? And it's like, man, so I just want to say, number one, all organizations do that, right? It's not like the church is the only corrupt organization in the world. That'd be really sad. Um, and number two, we have, we have established some guidelines to prevent that stuff from happening. So I do want you to know that, like, we are cognizant of that fact. And so, you know, I don't decide my salary. We have a board that controls the finances. Um, I get to make suggestions, not about my salary, but about the budget. But I'm removed from a lot of that process. Um, we have outside um, accountability as well, outside of our board. We have accountability to the vineyard movement. And we have specific leaders in the vineyard movement how speak into accountability-wise into our leadership structure. So you might not know those details because honestly, it's boring to talk about that on Sunday morning. But I thought I would bore you today. So because again, I knew there'd be a lot of new people here. So I'm, I'm just bringing it all out. Money, boring stuff, condemnation. I'm gonna throw in some fire and brimstone. It's gonna be a good morning. So, um, so I want you to know that. And the secondly, can I just tell you a little bit about why I'm excited when I give to City Light? Before that, it was the church that I went to. This is why I'm excited, because of where we're going. So like eight months ago, we were 80 people, including kids, meeting and planning and thinking about starting a church that would make a difference in the Newark, Elkton, and Avongrove communities. And we, we set out, you know, our vision is to seek love and care for people like Jesus does. We're not in it to make a name for ourselves. We want to make a difference in our community. We have two kind of core pillars that we try to do. One, we want to be a church where you can always invite your unchurched, de-churched, hurt by church, hate the church friend, and they can come in and understand everything that happens. They can have a meaningful experience. They can feel welcome, not judged, and loved. That is our, one of, probably our driving number one goal. And so far, I think that we're doing that pretty well. Secondly, we want to we be difference makers in our community. That's why we say the other six days matter. We're not 
this is good, but this is the, you know, I say this too many times, but this is the huddle. We need to go play the game. We need to love our neighbors. We need to love our coworkers. We need to see people in need and go out of our way to be generous with our time and our talent and our treasure to say yes to when God moves on our heart to do things that take us outside of our comfort zone because we are the light of the world, not the church meeting. The church meeting isn't the light of the world. We as people interacting with our neighbors and loved ones and so can I tell you what we will be able to do? What if we had, so now like today we have 215 people here. That is unbelievable. Can you imagine that? And I only celebrate that because it shows that God is gathering people who are excited about touching our community. We have never sold this church as a place for you to come and get fed, right? Now, I believe that you'll get fed when you give away. But we're about looking for people who want to make a difference in their community. So here, let me just vision cast for you. What if? Okay, right now I know we've talked about money. We'll be transparent about money. We get our board members to come up once every couple months. Right now we're trying to just meet our um, expenses and overhead. But we're, we're getting there. Once we do that, the future is going to be so exciting because what I, what I envision is, let's, let's say we had an extra $50,000 to play with at the end of the year. What are some things that we could do? There's a friend of mine who pastors in Lancaster, and this is what he did. He went to a school district near him, and he said, sat down with the superintendent, and he said, if I had $10,000 and 100 man hours to give you, what would you want to do? I want to do that. I want to go to Avangrove School District. I want to go into a school district in Newark. I want to go to a school district in Elkton. I want to be able to say, hey, we've got 10000 We have $20,000. We have 100 man hours. What could we do that's not getting done in your school system? They repainted a whole entire school that was underprivileged and had no money in the budget to be painted. He went to the township next. He said, what would you do if we had $10,000 and 100 man hours? And they said, well, we had this park these people were like, are you serious? They had this park that was in disarray. They funded and built and provided the man hours to build a whole new section of the park to paint it. And once they got involved, other community members got involved. Home Depot donated and there was like an Amish guy who gave his time and they built this whole structure in this park. They painted the whole thing and made it look beautiful. Then they had a big party with just the community and they were just being part of their community. They weren't like, hey, you have to come to our church. Hey, sign on the dotted line. Hey, let me hit you with this Bible, right? They didn't do any of that stuff, right? <laughs> they were just living in their community. What could we do? That's what I'm excited about. You know, there's another guy in Washington, D.C. That, that I've read about. I don't know this guy, but, you know, he found this dilapidated um, old, uh, like, kind of warehouse thing, but right in the, right, a good part of town for reaching people. And so he prayed and prayed and prayed, and God miraculously brought them $1.2 million, they bought this thing, they turned it into a coffee shop, and they have just reached thousands of people. I mean, I don't know what we could do. I'm not really looking to raise money to build a really fancy church building, to be honest with you. All you on the setup team, I know that's a big bummer. But like, I like being in a rented space. I like the portability. I like the fact that we're actually living in the community even while we're meeting on Sunday morning. I don't need to be off away in our own fancy building. I'd rather spend that money and build or buy something that would do something in our community. I don't know. Like, who, who, what nonprofit can we partner with that needs? <laughs> I'm on a roll, Samuel. What nonprofit can we partner with that needs money, that needs a facility? Maybe we can build a facility where we can feed the hungry and, and, and clothe the homeless. I mean, wouldn't that make you excited to give into? Thank you, because I was going to keep talking until you clapped, um, and I was getting running out of ideas. So thanks, that was good. Um, but I just want you to know, like, 
I know I say this a lot, but I didn't leave, like I had a really secure job at the church that I worked at for 20 years. I didn't leave that to just go start a church for Christians who were gonna just like bless ourselves. I wanted to start a church that would get outside of ourselves. And you know, I, I talked to a pastor, this is my last thing, I swear. I, I talked to a pastor before we planted this church in Seattle and I was asking her, how do you do what you do? And she said, we changed our vision statement to be just simply this. Would our neighborhood miss us if we left? And that's how they decide everything they do. Would our neighborhood miss us if we left? And I want our church to be known in our neighborhood. If in five years people are like, I know you can take your friends to City Light no matter where they are in their faith journey. And I, City Light, man, they are always helping the community. If they knew that about us, man, success. That's what our heart is. That's what our passion is. That's why we want to not just give with sitting here. We want to we give in so many ways. So could you give first to make your money last? I just want to encourage you to pray about that. Next week, we're starting a new teaching series that I'm so excited about. So you got to come back. Um, we're going to be talking about how to give money to the church. So um, <laughs> just kidding. No, we're going to be talking about uh, what it means to be an everyday hero. And we're going to have some, uh, some videos. In fact, listen, if you have a mentor or someone in your life that has made a difference in your life, would you contact me this week? I'd love to interview you. We're going to show videos of people who've been touched by other people being heroes in their life. And we're going to go through like five different ways that we can be heroes in our communities. It's going to be really fun. So stand with me together. We're going to pray. Right now, If uh, we, we always do a response and reflection time after the teaching. Um, there's people by the wall over there who'd be happy to pray for you. Listen, we've been talking about finances a lot. If you would like prayer for your finances, that's, no, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Go get prayer. If you're sick today, go get prayer over there. There's people over there, they're normal people and nothing weird is gonna happen. They're just gonna sit, sit there with you and pray. If you're going through a hard time in your life, if you're feeling broken today, he's a God of hope and he's a God of healing, go get prayer. We're gonna sing a final song. You can also just sing with us. So let's do that.